Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor. I don't sound like my normal self. I've got a bit of a sore throat. Other than that, I'm feeling great. And uh, But that doesn't matter because I'm here with uh, my good friend Dave Barker and a special guest, Tanya Verberg of Ray of Hope. Tanya, you're the CEO of Ray of Hope. And uh, we just want to know a little bit about what that is and why you of all people uh, find yourself in the middle of this ministry. So um, what is it? What what's, is it? What's Ray of Hope? So Ray of Hope is a not-for-profit charitable organization located in Waterloo Region um, in Kitchener. Our mission is to demonstrate the love of Christ. And we do that um, by working with people who are experiencing poverty, homelessness, uh, youth who are involved in the justice system, youth who have mental health and addiction issues, and youth who are facing employment issues. Well, I know that we've got uh, some involvement uh, with Ray of Hope. Uh, my daughter's life group here at church, they, they go down every once in a while and, and work in the kitchen. Right, a meal team. A meal team, and they dragged me along one time. I had a great time. It was during COVID, mm-hmm. so there wasn't a whole lot of contact, but uh, met a lot of people that mm-hmm. night, and it's an amazing ministry. And then you've got the... Um, Uh, coldest night of the year coming up? Coldest night, February 25th. It's our largest fundraiser. We have between 500 and 700 people walking um, out in the cold and raising money for Ray of Hope. And it's a national program. So even if people aren't from Kitchener area, there's probably a coldest night in your area. So check it out. Yeah, we have a team in there. They're discussing the name of our team. Uh, I kind of like Fast and Flurriest. Oh, there that's, you go. That's in the running for our, our team. My team is the Rock and Race. Okay. And Dave Barker is part of my team. So. Well, may the best team win. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how, what is your story? Uh, how did someone like yourself land in a ministry like that? How do you uh, qualify? How do you train for that? How do you prepare <laughs> for that kind of ministry? What kind of person are you? <laughs> so um, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, going to the Christian Reformed Church all my life with my family. I come from, uh, I'm a first generation Canadian. My families are uh, immigrants. Uh, my parents are immigrants from Holland. Um, and uh, so grew up in a, in a Christian home and uh, dedicated my life to God when I was 16 and then kind of fell away and uh, went to university, and um, I was going to be a French teacher. Did co-op in grade 12, decided I didn't have the patience to be a teacher, so a friend of mine was taking social development studies. And I said, hey, that looks interesting. So I started my journey into social work. I graduated from Renison College here at University of Waterloo, and um, started my career uh, working in the violence against women sector. Did that for numerous years. Uh, Then I was fortunate enough to become the executive director of the first victim services in Huron County. Huron County, for those who don't know, that's where I grew up is uh, near Godrich. So beautiful Lake Huron Mm -hmm. area. Grew up on a farm out there. So uh, beautiful country. Um, Then I moved to Chatham, still in the violence against women sector. And then I came to Kitchener. Um, as the director of Monica Place, which is a teen pregnancy center. And all through this, I, you know, I, I came back to the Lord, came back to, to my faith, um, married two children. My husband was a dairy farmer when we got married and then went back to school and became a Christian school teacher and now is a Christian school principal in Drayton. Um, so all along have, um, you know, journeyed on in my faith and 
never really had the opportunity to meld my faith with my um, my career. And so when this um, opportunity came up for Ray of Hope, um, I prayed about it and uh, said, Lord, if this is where you want me to be. And here I am, four and a half years later. Tanya, we've talked before in this group about young people who wander away from their faith, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we all want them back. Is it possible that one of the reasons you wandered away from your faith was that the church, and I don't want to put words into your mouth, but, but the church does sometimes have a reputation of being disinterested in the, uh, the welfare of the city, right? the, the, the needs of our city. And um, in your experience, when you walked away, did it matter to you that uh, the church was being more responsive to the social needs? Did that encourage you to come back to the faith? Um, well, it was difficult because we were in such a rural area and in Huron County, we didn't see a lot of the issues that, that we see now in mm-hmm. more urban centers. So, um, you know, and that's part of my naivete at that time too. I mean, realizing that, you know, oh, there's no homeless people or people experiencing homelessness in Huron County. But of course there are everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just seen in a different way. So um, I don't think that was the reason. Um, I, I do find that in an urban center that th- now I find that we are more responsive, but because it's more visible to us. Um, you know, you can't walk two or three blocks anywhere in our city Mm -hmm. without seeing somebody um, either, you know, struggling with their mental health or experiencing homelessness or, you know, you can just tell that there's something going on with that person. So um, I think it's a visibility issue. Okay. What about um, your experience with churches? (coughs) I mean, churches have, we all have a lot to learn. There Mm -hmm. are things that we need to respond to, pulpits that need to um, preach to the needs and apply the gospel in a consistent way. How are you finding churches um, in in partnering and understanding what you do? Are, is it are, is it a learning curve? Do you find yourself having to educate um, <laughs> churches and sometimes pastors, or what's it like to be you dealing with churches? Yeah, so it's very interesting, and and again, it's kind of a spectrum. You know, I. Um, you, you'll heard me, I corrected myself there because we use people first language at Ray of Hope. And when I go to speak at churches or, or meet with people, it's really about ensuring that the message that we're giving is not an us and them message. It's an us message. This The, the problems that we are having in our society, it's about all of us. And when I go and speak with people, th- those are the things that I talk about. You know, it, acknowledging that a per, it's a person first. So it's not a homeless person. It's a person experiencing homelessness. It's a person experiencing mental health um, that really gives the dignity back to the person. And, you know, it all has to be about empowering people to to become what they need to become at that time or what, what God has created them to be. And, you know, using the mission of Ray of Hope, and that's kind of a mission I I like to use in my life, demonstrating the love of Christ. Jesus went to the people. He went out. He was people first. He was that example. And so when we see an encampment, when we see someone struggling, you know, say hi, smile, ask them, what do you need? 
don't, you know, I have so many people step over people. They treat them like they're someone, they're garbage sometimes. These are human beings and we need to be like Christ and welcome them into our midst. Mm-hmm. So Dave, do you say, would you say that there is a, like a biblical mandate for what she's just saying, or is it just good sense? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> of course there's a biblical mandate. To care for the poor is critical to what we do. Um, the J- James was extremely clear on what the mandate of what it is to be the church and the people of God, right? Uh, uh, caring for the poor, the orphan and the widow, and keeping yourself unspotted from the world. So those come, obviously, from two Old Testament key words in uh, the, the the word mishpat, meaning justice, care for mm-hmm. the poor, the orphan, and the widow, and Zedekiah, the whole notion of righteousness. But, um, yeah, and and by the way, that's why I'm part of this. Um, I'm a board member, uh, and, and Tanya and I have <coughs> gotten to know each other a little bit, and uh, it was uh, something I really felt was lacking in my own life as I moved in the bubbles and circles that you and I do, Bob, and the whole notion that I, when I kind of slowed down my, my ministry at the school uh, and even in the church, um, I said, you know, I'd like to get involved in, in some, in some yeah, social No church. one's surprised, Dave. I remember Dave was my prof back oh, 30, okay. 40 years, a long time ago. <laughs> and he was always talking about this. So we knew, I knew he had a passion for mm-hmm. it. So I'm not surprised that he's got this going. Plus, he's got something on his street yes, he does of too. Yes, He's quite the social activist now. Well, but, and uh, you know, he's combining his word with his uh, feet. People ask that a lot, like, how can you do this work? And I say, well, how do you do the work that you do? Mm-hmm. I could never be a nurse. I couldn't be an accountant. I couldn't, um, you know, drive a truck for a living. Like, you know, everyone has their calling. And for me, uh, you know, I felt that calling, even though I kind of copied a friend originally, but really (coughs) felt that calling to work in social justice and in different areas. And for me, being able to be open about my faith while I'm working um, has been a real blessing to me. Okay, let's let's talk about that for a minute. I think doing good is always a good thing, Mm -hmm. whether it's accompanied by a word or a tract or something like that. Um, but what, what are your opportunities uh, to articulate the gospel and, and mention the name of Jesus and uh, kind of do more than simply to feed and house the needy? Uh, what does it look like at Ray of Hope to do that in the name of Jesus? Right. So, I mean, first of all, it's right in our mission. Demonstrate the love of Christ. And even if people aren't, um, you know, a, a Christian or, or, follow, or go to a church, they still understand what that means. Mm -hmm. And so not every single one of our staff uh, uh, would identify as Christian, but they all have the same calling. But for me and for a lot of our staff, it's being able to pray with people. We have chapel services. We can read the Bible with people. You know, we can, um, you know, do things in a different way that maybe other agencies can't do or don't do because they're not openly faith-based. So when you say chapel, (coughs) excuse me, we have chapel here with our staff. Mm-hmm. When you say chapel, are you talking about your staff or the, um, what do we call our people? Clients? No, we say people we support. People, okay. Do you have chapel with the people you support? We do both. So we have two full-time chaplains at Ray of Hope. And uh, they do uh, chaplain work with the people that we support, the youth 
and the uh, people in the community center. And then they also work with staff. So we have a prayer room that we're setting up. We do, uh, in the administration office, we have uh, devotions uh, once a week. And uh, Dave's been part of those. And then we also run chaplain services uh, or programs for the people that we support. So just let me get this right. Do you actually have a time when you gather people together and give a, a spoken word? Yes, we do. I love that. You know, Dave, one of the best experiences I had to develop my preaching was to preach in nursing homes and at a, this was at the uh, Harbor Light Mission in downtown Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, just young guy preaching that context. It was awesome yeah. uh, to have that challenge. So that's going on. That's going on. Monday nights, we have chapel service in the community center. We have music Can we send an intern in? or someone down there to, Absolutely. to get, get some great experience? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How it, many How many would be uh, present in that gathering? I know it's not mandatory. You don't require it, right? No, no. So the chapel service on Monday nights, there's anywhere from 20 to 40 people that attend. Um, for our devotionals, um, they're very well received. And even so for youth in custody, for example, so our chaplain out there will run a chapel, like a formal chapel, but he also um, does music recording. So that's his awesome. way in to work with the youth. And then they come to him. They speak with him and you know what if they're uh, um, Muslim or or Native American he'll bring people in to talk to them it's all about but that's all about demonstrating that love and demonstrating that caring for others meeting people where they're at so that you can communicate with them and that you can support them but asking them what they need <coughs> so we're a church yeah a lot of our people are church people and we're interested in discipling all people all nations so what what do you do with people who come to faith? They don't have a church. Um, do you disciple them? Do you encourage them to be integrated into churches? Can churches handle um, our friends that you support? Is that a is that a difficult transition sometimes? Uh, absolutely, and I think that's why the chapel services at Ray of Hope are are so well attended. We have medical services at Ray Mm -hmm. of Hope. We have meals at Ray of Hope. We have service providers, counselors, all sorts of service providers come to Ray of Hope because Ray of Hope is a safe place for people who are experiencing homelessness, people who are precariously housed, people who maybe some other people would look at differently, but at Ray of Hope, it's a safe, welcoming space. Um, And so we are... um, glad that we can provide that support. You know, if you had someone come to a church who maybe didn't have the right clothes or didn't have the right hygiene, maybe they wouldn't be as welcomed in all churches. I don't want to make assumptions. But but we have to deal with that, right? That's shame on us. Absolutely. If that's the case. It shouldn't be the case that people have to go to Ray of Hope to feel community. Churches need to deal with this. Exactly. So that uh, none feel And that's why I say it's not an us and them. It's an us issue. (laughs) And uh, we all need to be more welcoming. Hey, Tanya, we're out of time. Hey. I told you when this started. I know. Time would fly by, but you're <laughs> going to be on our next podcast too. So if you're listening, uh, stay tuned. Next week, we will be back with Tanya. Until then, I'm Bob McGregor with Dave Barker and uh, Tanya Verberg for Ray of Hope, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.